you new around here, TIN stands for Travel Industry News, and on today's full episode, we're going to cover some of the biggest stories from this month. I'm Corrine, co-owner of Journey's Travel Company and creator of Travel Biz Boss. And I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fam with Intention. We've got a lot to cover, per usual, but before we get started, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com to find some other fantastic travel podcasts. All right. So if you are in the industry and you haven't heard about Omicron, then you really need to get on board. And no, Omicron's not like a new Marvel villain or a new Transformer, although it could very well be a name, but it's the newest variant that we know of and first reported by South Africa. Um, So this one article from Travel Market Report basically gives us a rundown of what to know about the COVID-19 Omicron variant. And it lists down different experts um, from all around every health and medical field. So for example, a CDC quote, um, a WHO quote, Moderna, Pfizer. So it gives you a really great rundown of what they're saying about this particular variant. Um, And also how it's impacting travel, because it is impacting travel. We already have seen shutdowns and flight cancellations (laughs) to, you know, a number of African countries. But also there is a lot of mites and maize and and there's not really truly solid information. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last night, Tracy was telling me that she was reading that no one's been hospitalized, that the symptoms seem to be a little bit lighter. And then on the other hand, I'm seeing things like it's going to be immune to the vaccine. You know, there's like a lot of information from both extremes. So at this point, I think we have to just kind of wait and see, right? Because. Yeah. I mean, we thought that we were past the wait and see period (laughs) of (laughs) the past, like 19, almost 20 months, but you know, we're still here. And I think at this point, we kind of already know how to mentally handle news like this. Um, We already know the steps because we've been hit with so much news that we're just like, you know what, we we know how to calm our clients down. Um, And in this article, it says, you know, while there is concern over the variant, there's also caution being stressed with just how little the world currently knows about Omicron. So you know, all we know now is how it's impacting travel. I know people are, you know, trying to just nip it in the bud by, you know, having these different, uh, you know, bans in place and closures in place. But we see how different, um, see how differently people are thinking is the best way to address this. So, you know, once the border closures were announced for you know a certain number of African countries, the WHO came out and said, this isn't the best way to handle this news. Right. So the WHO is employing countries to adopt a risk-based scientific approach to travel bans, um, explaining that ca- countries that are sharing their findings openly shouldn't be discriminated against, which is very true. I mean, South Africa did share, and I feel like they're getting, you know, like, like punished shut for it. Down, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So a few things that experts are saying, the Public Health Agency of Canada says early data suggests that the Omicron variant may be more transmissible, but evidence is limited at this time. There's ongoing international data gathering to determine the impact of this variant on severity of illness and on vaccine effectiveness. These temporary border measures are being implemented while the Canadian and global medical public health and research communities actively evaluate this variant, as has been done with previous variants, to understand the potential implications in terms of transmission, clinical presentation, and vaccine efficacy. So, you know, that's just one viewpoint from one country's government. And I think there are other governments who are taking the same approach to dealing with this new variant. Yeah, I I mean, it's like, on the one hand, you can't blame them for, Mm -hmm. because we can't afford massive lockdowns again and the hospitalizations. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, it almost seems a bit rash. So it's it's really hard. I'm so glad I'm not in charge of making those decisions. I know. I'm glad we're just in charge of reporting the news on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, all in all, the general consensus is that it's just going to take two to three weeks for us to really see what this variant is going to do, whether or not the vaccines we currently have will be effective against this or against this new variant. And also, if Pfizer's, um, you know, treatment pill will be effective against this variant as well. So TBD, once again, TBD. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, our next article is something actually both Teresa and I put in our Trello cards today um, because we all know rental cars are a hot, hot topic. So there's an article from Travel Market Report called Keep the Rental Car Shortage from Putting the Brakes on Your Clients' Plans. And it has some advice on some ways that you can keep the rental car issues from stopping their vacations. Uh, I just personally tried one of these out because I'm coming to Orlando to visit family. And I looked at rental cars from the airport and they were insane. I was like, we could Uber every day and it would be less money. So forget <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but, but then I found a rental place near my parents' house out in the burbs and it was less than half the price. And that is one of the pieces of advice that they give you is to look into alternative alternative airports or rental locations. So if you go off airport, there can be a major savings. Now, obviously, that's easy for me to say because my mommy will pick me up from the airport and then take me to the car rental place the next day. But, you know, same thing, like I said, an Uber might be more economical to get them to the rental location that they where they can get a better deal. It's kind of a pain in the butt, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. Another piece of balance between saving money and getting a rental car. So I think to a certain extent, if they can save hundreds of dollars, I think most people, at least for me, will be willing to have one slight inconvenience of having to take an Uber to another location. Yeah. In my case, it was like $250. So It was worth it to me to make the exception. Um, And then another piece of advice is saying book cars early and pay in full. And I can speak to that as well because last time I got a car at the Orlando airport, it was a huge line and they were telling everyone, they kept calling out, if you don't have a paid reservation, 
we don't have a car for you. So prepaying is definitely a good way to get ahead of it. Um, they say suggest car sharing companies, which I'm not going to do. We, Teresa and I were just talking about it. Uh, Turo is like a peer-to-peer -peer platform that's like Airbnb for cars. I think for me, I need to see how that works out a little longer before I start suggesting it to my clients and taking on the liability of suggesting that. And I'm also not interested in doing that because driving someone else's car without all of the extra insurance that comes with my, you know, Chase reserve card, <laughs> the things you can get at the counter, those things make me feel secure. Like if something happens, it's fine. Whereas a car sharing, mm -hmm. I think I would feel a lot worse if something happened to that car. Yeah, I don't know too much about Toro, you know, what the fine print is, how insurance works. I really have no idea. Yeah. Another piece of advice is to turn a road trip into a series of day trips. So stay in a central location and do day trips. You can book with tour companies or Ubering, things like that, instead of having to have a car full time, especially if you can stay in like a walkable area. Um Flexibility is always the thing. Rethink the structure of the trip. And like one of the things they say is, say you're going to Alaska, consider taking a cruise instead of a road trip. Uh, that might be too big of a change for some people, but mm -hmm. if someone wants to visit a certain destination and rental cars aren't an option, then you can look at escorted tours, cruises, other ways There's to see that. There's also the Alaska Railroad that they mentioned yeah. here that they could do as well. Instead of driving from Anchorage to Denali, you can just take the railroad and make stops as needed. Um, I know that rail um, path stops in Talkeetna, it stops in a couple other places. So you're not really missing out on seeing these areas. So if a rental car isn't viable, then there, this is a great alternative for your clients. Yeah. And in that case, you can just sit back, relax and enjoy the scenery instead of worrying about paying attention to the road and being, you know, doing the actual driving that I yep. love taking the bus around Mexico because it's huge windows. It's gorgeous scenery. Just recline back and enjoy and don't have mm -hmm. to worry about anything. Um, yeah. They're saying that you can look for hotels that offer solutions. There's a trend now where hotels are offering transportation options. So, you know, you have shuttle services and buses and things like that. They have airport transportation. That can be really helpful. That can also be helpful in the case that you want to rent off site perhaps the next day, get your shuttle to the airport the next day, wake up, go, go get your car. Mm -hmm. And then of course, consider off season. Obviously that's always a way to save some money. So this is no exception. Um, but they do also mention that a lot of this issue is due to a global microchip shortage that has delayed the production of new cars. That's one of the big reasons. Um, and then there's also staffing issues, which we see across the board everywhere. And they're saying you feel the pinch mostly in places like Hawaii, Alaska, and Puerto Rico, where it's difficult to shift inventory around mm -hmm. to make room for the demand. And they were mentioning how in April 2021 in Hawaii, they were suggesting renting a U-Haul to get around, which is... I remember reading that article. I was just like, oh my goodness. Like we yeah. have we have really shown how resourceful we can be. <laughs> yeah. 
And then they say also in many European destinations like Spain, Italy, and France, it's like a crisis. Rental agents have slashed fleets to align with demand, and that's where we see the highest price hikes. And Italy in particular has seen some of the worst shortages and highest prices. So if you're in a situation where someone's driving, and I know the road trip and domestic stuff is big right now, these are some great solutions to look at Mm -hmm. for getting around it. Very creative. I like it. Or just BYOC and just drive, like make the actual journey the journey the vacation (laughs) (laughs) drivecation drivecation exactly um this one article that i found on travel pulse um it was interesting to me because this is a term that gets thrown around a lot in it's an expert what makes an expert. And so we're always saying, you know, we're we're travel experts or we're experts in a particular destination, experts in a particular experience. Maybe you're a cruise expert, whatever that is. But what, what does that mean? Like, how do you become an expert in travel? Would you consider yourself an expert in any particular? Well, I'm so excited to talk about this um, because this is a hot topic lately. I would consider myself a cruise expert for sure. I don't know that there's a destination that I entirely feel like an expert in. I think Mexico certainly will be (laughs) not, not too far down the road, but I know a lot, or I should say, I know enough about a lot of destinations, but I wouldn't consider myself an actual expert in any one destination. And I think that it's really important. And I haven't even looked at this article, but I just want to say up front, There's no class, there's no tourist, tourism board course you can take that calls you an expert that will replace visiting that place. And that is why I don't consider myself an expert. Like I have covered a lot of Spain, but not all of it. So I can't call myself Mm -hmm. an expert. I I can say I specialize in it, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to call myself an expert if I have not been to the place enough to, to, to cover all of the important areas and probably several trips. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. And I think that is, I think (laughs) you're selling yourself short a little bit, Corrine. I feel like you're an expert in a lot of things. (laughs) Um, This article says, the good news is that becoming the best advisor is a matter of choice to make the effort to get there. And I think that is so, so true because when you first start out in the industry, especially if you're owning your own business and you're not an employee, you as the owner, you really need to be the one to push yourself to get the education, to invest in not courses so much as to also invest in taking the time to go and visit the countries that you want to sell. And I think a lot of new advisors who come into the industry, they don't really see it as you have to spend your own money to go and see these places. You know, I, I don't have a brick and mortar and I know a lot of people don't have brick and mortars, but part of my quote unquote overhead is paying to go to different places. And sure we can get travel agent discounts and all that stuff, but I don't expect it. What I get out of the trip is being able to come back and be a better advisor for my clients and to show that 
I know what I'm talking about. And would it be what I consider expert status? I don't think I'll ever get to a point where I'm like, I know every single thing because there's always something new to learn. But I am more of an expert after traveling there than before. 100%. So it has to be something that's in your business plan to learn about different products and destinations, um, be able to use skills like marketing, networking, sales, and customer service along with that, and creating those relationships. Because oftentimes when we get requests for places that we don't know well, what do we do? We reach out to partners who mm-hmm. are in destination or who have connections there. So that's part of you growing yourself into an expert. And also setting goals for becoming an expert. You know, like, what do you want to get out of this? Do you just want to focus on a particular destination? Do you want to focus on a particular experience, whether that's river cruising, cruising, land tours, whatever it is, like set those goals and make an active effort to make yourself an expert. I love this so much because uh, Whitney Schindler and I have been working on our goals workshop that's coming up. And we came up with a very solid formula that uses hard numbers, math, to decide where to reinvest in your business and what you need to do. Like, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be the expert in? Like ranking things so you can focus your efforts, your time, your energy, your resources Mm -hmm. to get to that point. Because as advisors, we tend to be all over the place and accepting any fam that comes our way and, you know, like... A course is a band-aid. And that's actually Whitney's words. We were talking about it. A course, like you get an inquiry for a place you haven't been and you need to do like a a, a quick study to get somewhere. And then you work with a trusted partner to get you the rest of the way. But it it can never replace the experience in the destination. And just as that article says, we were talking about how if you really want to be known for something, if you really want to be the expert, mm-hmm you there's just no replacing it you have to go and yeah. you probably have to go several times depending on the destination and how large it is right. it's probably not a one trip shot you really have to yeah and focus on different things each time that you go yeah and i remember in the beginning and i i see a lot of advisors do this they get opportunities or invited on different fams or there are fans that are being advertised like just go to you know, Cancun and two or seven different resorts. And a lot of advisors are like, oh, I'm going to take every single one. But they don't think about, okay, what what is it that I really want to be an expert in? What is it that I really want to sell? And I mean, I'm guilty of this, where in the beginning, I just took everything. And even if it's a fully hosted fam, you know, you're still investing your time, like you're taking your time to go there. And that's time away from your clients. That's time away from other things you can do be doing to work on your business. So as I, you know, grew in the business, and I think a lot of advisors, they eventually develop into this, they are very picky about the fams they choose to do. And great advisors will not take fams that they know they won't sell. They're not going to take fams that do not fit into their business plan. And when they do take fams, they are really there. Like they know what it is they want to get out of a fam. Exactly. And hopefully they've taken your fam with intention course to take it to the next level and get that, 
social media showing it off because you have to be talking about those things for people to know that you're an expert in those things. Right. And I, one of the things that I've been trying to do, and it's been a little tough now because of, you know, staffing shortages and just things picking up at the same time. But if I go on a fam, so for example, when I went to Dubai, I, I, not advertise it, marketed that trip like crazy mm-hmm. while I was there. Like my stories were so overseed. I saw so much engagement and I knew that after seeing all the content that I was putting out, people would start getting excited. Yeah. So I reached out to the TO who was managing the entire fam and asked them to just put together a basic itinerary and package for Dubai that at the end, once I finish the campaign, or if I want to start another Dubai campaign, I can be like, does this excite you? Here is a sample itinerary. This is what your trip could look like. These are the things like you'll be doing the same things that I did. So it's a step to give your clients like the motivation to be like, hey, this is easy. The itinerary is already put together. I can just switch some things around, quote for different dates. And you are making it easier on yourself to really maximize your time that you spent on a fam. Yep. If you're able to like, you know, get that ROI on, on, um, on the trip. So that's part of being an expert too. Cause I think people now they're just like, Whoa, like I saw you on this. And even if you're not seeing yourself as an expert, people are seeing you as an expert. Right. And you are brilliant, especially when it comes to maximizing these opportunities. Just want to make sure I say that. (laughs) And then I also want to say, you know, accepting every fam is bad in a lot of ways. It's number one, free is still not free. You are spending Mm -hmm. energy resources. Usually there's still going to be some money involved. It's not like it's totally free. You're taking the space of someone else who might be able to benefit from that because that is their desired path to to being an expert Mm -hmm. just to get something free. And also, you know, especially these ones that are all inclusives, it's it's not fun. Uh, If you've never done it, like you need to bring, we joke around that you got to bring like lots of, um, (laughs) excuse me, lots of bras because you got to wring them out because you're just sweating and you're like, walking upstairs and it's just, it's rigorous. It is not a vacation. So if you think it is, it really isn't. And it's doing you no service if that's not really what you want to be selling. Yeah. And one of the expectations also from the suppliers who are hosting these fams is that there's going to be some kind of reciprocity. You're not just there for, you know, the, free drinks or whatever it is that some advisors might go on these fans for, but they're expecting you to use this fam to see whether or not this is something that's fit for your clients. Cause there are some fans that I go on some set of inspections that I go on where I'm like, this is not a good fit for me and my business, but I'm glad I saw this. So I knew that this is not a good fit, but a lot of times suppliers, they're investing so much of their time and money yes, in exactly. bringing advisors on. And we all know how important it is to have the relationships yep. with our suppliers. And I never want to take advantage of a supplier with you know free trips and stuff like that, because I know that not every travel product is the right fit for me or my clients. 
So just say no, unless it's really in your business plan and where you are headed. Let someone else have the opportunity who can really use it and don't Mm -hmm. waste your time, energy, and resources. Yep. Love it. All right. So uh, as far as articles go, the rest of the stuff I picked is destination or trip type focused. I mean, we're all getting tons of inquiry, inquiries, excuse me. And um, we have to keep up with a lot of things. So I thought I'd pluck out a couple of these articles that are quick updates. This one's from Travel Age West. It's called What's New from Adventures by Disney for 2022. So um, Teresa's probably gobsmacked that I would choose a Disney article, (laughs) knowing how I feel about booking Disney. (laughs) But I do love booking Disney cruises, and I absolutely book Adventures by Disney. I don't enjoy planning park trips because it's Mm -hmm. not profitable and it's a ton of work. But Adventures by Disney is an incredible product. Uh, You know, it's higher budget. Obviously, not everyone can afford this, but the product that they deliver, much like the cruises, is just exceptional. So mm-hmm. they're actually um, doing an expedition cruise to Antarctica, which is nuts. So that means that clients can soon travel with Adventures by Disney to all seven continents. So for the adventurous family who wants their kids to be about as well-rounded as they can be, they can actually travel to all seven continents with this company. Now, um, Heather Killingbeck says our all-inclusive vacations are filled with active immersive experiences curated by the family travel experts at disney and our team of specially trained adventure guides are master storytellers who provide a seamless authentic experience marked by signature disney service and i think that pretty much sums it up so they have 10 departures debuting um may through october 2022 to new england so that's specifically Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. Highlights of the eight-day adventure include kayaking in Bar Harbor, ascending the summit of New Hampshire's Mount Washington, which is the highest summit in New England, and staying at Vermont's historic Trapp Family Lodge, home of the Von Trapp family from The Sound of Music. That's exciting. I love The Sound of Music. Yeah. Pretty obsessed with it. Me too. <laughs> the other day, my dad was like, Oh, there was this one movie with a large family and there was a nun and they're singing. What movie is that? I haven't seen it in a very long time. And I was like, The Sound of Music. And he's like, I think so. I think so. So I forgot to bring the DVD down or up to Orlando with me because he was just talking about it. I don't think it's streaming on any of the streaming services right now. I think I made it on Amazon Prime so I could watch it whenever I wanted. Yeah, while, I have though. the DVD and. I don't know what it is about that movie that makes it so magical, but it it just never gets old. It's timeless. Yep. Uh, Another thing that Adventures by Disney has begun is private adventures. So they, they introduced five private adventures as a way for clients to experience Disney's signature storytelling, exceptional service and authentic cultural activities with only friends and families. Uh, Six additional private adventures added for 2022 means they can now enjoy favorite activities from group trips along with new experiences curated just for private adventures. So 11 destinations, including Costa Rica, Italy, and South Africa. Um, It says the Costa Rica trip is built to please everyone. They will zipline in tropical rainforests, 
what is, I'm, I'm like worse than ever today. Rainforest is. <laughs> they zipline and tropical rainforests, go whitewater rafting in tropical waters, and experience a privately guided chocolate tour. Um, this, travelers to Italy visit Venice's 500-year-old Tragicomica. See, now it's trying to trip me up. Tragicomica mask-making studio to learn about the significance of masks in the city's history and culture from the master mask maker, and then create their own masks in a hands-on workshop. That's amazing. In South Africa, the land is a lion king. Clients have unforgettable experience of seeing wild animals in their natural environments. Like if you're going to take your kids to South Africa, what better way? I wish I could sing the beginning of the lion king right now. (laughs) (laughs) But we can all imagine it just for a second. The beginning of lion king. Yep. So between these amazing adventures that can be private or group and the Antarctica cruises, and as we've talked about on several episodes lately, the trend of group family reunion travel um, and people wanting these more bucket list, authentic, immersive experiences, I think going with Adventures by Disney is like a really easy lift as a TA (laughs) because you can count on the level of service and quality that they're going to get. So if the budget is there, that's going to be my go-to every time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Disney is trustworthy as a brand. So it's not like, oh, are they going to be taken care of? I can pretty much guarantee that. Yes. Yes, Yes, they will be. (laughs) Absolutely. We're about at our halfway point. Are you ready to do some excess baggage? I think Fiona's ready to do some excess baggage. Yeah, sounds like it. She's like, yes, excess baggage. (laughs) I'm just going to give it just a second. All right, it's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory, so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Weekly, the two U.S. airlines that service South Africa have not altered their flight schedules despite the decision by President Biden to restrict visitation from the nation. United and Delta both said no such changes are in the works. They also report that in the wake of a newly identified COVID-19 variant of concern, a developing list of countries that include the U.S., Canada, U.K., France, Germany, Netherlands, India, Morocco, Seychelles, Singapore, Australia, and Philippines have implemented varying degrees of travel restrictions on countries in Southern Africa. Travel Pulse reports that the European Union has proposed a nine-month expiration date on vaccination passports for visitors, meaning travelers will have to get a booster shot to extend the validity of their certificate. The EU made the proposal to help stem the tide of a surge in coronavirus cases across Europe that has resulted in several countries, including Austria, to go into a lockdown. Another headline from them reads, Celestial forges investment agreement with equity firm. Prior to the pandemic, Celestial was on a fast growth trajectory and Searchlight's infusion of capital will propel our growth strategy and accelerate our fleet renewal plan, said Celestial Cruises CEO. An article from Travel Agent Central says that heading into wave season, travel advisors are largely positive. They also report that Grenada has updated its pure safe travel protocols As part of the move, all fully vaccinated travelers entering Grenada with an approved vaccination and negative PCR test taken no more than 72 hours before travel will no longer be required to quarantine for 48 hours upon arrival in the country. 
According to Travel Market Report, Windstar Cruises is adding an all-inclusive fare option. Starting immediately, Windstar will begin offering an all-inclusive fare, adding things like alcohol, gratuities, and onboard services to a new option for its guests. While that fare is now listed on its website and in all of its sales materials, Windstar is also continuing to offer to ba- offer a base a la carte fare for those who want it. And our high note comes today from Travel Age West with the headline, Holiday Celebrations Return to Theme Parks for 2021. The holidays are always a popular time to visit theme parks with festive food, extra special entertainment, and even enchanted snowfall. But this season, clients are even more excited to return after a year away. And that's it for excess baggage and a massive throat tickle. I'm going to mute and cough now. (laughs) I don't know if y'all have ever gone to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party at Magic Kingdom, but my sister and I used to go to that every year for about five years, I think, um, because it was just so magical. And every year it was just done a little bit differently. So it just remained exciting. Mm-hmm. And there's one year I remember I was wearing, you know, the Sperry's, like the boat shoes, Sperry's, like your yeah. slip-ons. So I wore that to the park. And once I got to like the entrance, we hadn't even gone into the park yet. I did this crazy like jump in the air because I was just so excited. And one of my shoes flew off my foot. <laughs> And there was like a group of Disney cast members standing around like they're the seasonal employees and they were just all dressed in Christmas stuff. And one of the cast members, he grabs my shoe and then he like kneels down and like puts the shoe on me like I was a princess. I know it was the funniest thing. And um, I'm just so happy that that's coming back because I, I can't even describe if you guys haven't done this. Um, event it is so so magical the parade like if you thought Disney was magical like Disney at Christmas is even more so the parade is just amazing they have these little treats everywhere they have hot chocolate and sugar cookie stations and they also have like apple slices and apple juice you know because it's quote-unquote healthier even though you're probably gonna get a sugar high from the apple juice (laughs) but it is it's it's wonderful and all the rides are open and Space Mountain the last time I was I think it was in 2019 they had like a rock version of Deck the Halls playing at Space Mountain. So you're going on this ride in the dark, but they have green and red lights kind of like flashing everywhere and you're just riding it to Deck the Halls. And I don't, it's, it's, it's wonderful. So I'm glad it's back. Um, no. <laughs> I'm definitely scroogey on this rent. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, you know what? Scrooge is also at Disney, but he eventually turns his turns his attitude around. (laughs) Maybe the magical nature of it would turn my attitude around, but I doubt it. (laughs) Yeah, you can only just try next time if you want to go one of these years. Just let me know. I'll go there and like turn that Scroogey frown upside down. (laughs) Love it. Um, This one article from Travel Weekly and I'm always, I mean, between the two of us, we're both big rule followers. We were just talking about this before we started recording, how our driving records are clean because it's just like we just don't break rules. So one of the big things for me when I first started in the industry was just making sure I followed all the rules and regulations, seller of travel laws, you know, all that stuff that we as 
you know, owners and ICs have to think about. So this one in Travel Weekly is from Mark Pestronk, and it's about um, deducting travel expenses. And he says, beware the IRS. So the question is, a colleague who owns a small home-based travel agency told me the IRS is challenging all the travel expenses claimed on his tax return. That struck fear into me because like everyone else, I know who sells travel. I deduct my travel expenses against my travel business income. After all, I travel to learn about destinations and travel suppliers such as airlines and resorts. Those expenses enable me to better advise clients and my reputation and income are thus enhanced. Shouldn't those travel expenses be deductible? And I think that's very appropriate to tie into what we were discussing regarding becoming an expert, because part of becoming an expert is going to those destinations, mm-hmm. which means travel expenses. So what do we need to do to make sure that if we do get audited, that all our travel expenses will be considered business expenses on our taxes? So um, Mark, he responds with, in my opinion, they should be deductible for the reason that you cite, but my opinion does not count for anything. (laughs) What counts are the IRS regulations governing travel expense deductions. Those regulations have no special category for travel advisors. Therefore, you have to rely on the rules for travel expense deductions for all business. Unfortunately, those rules are stricter for travel and entertainment expenses than they are for any other kinds of business expenses. Under the IRS regulations, you have to substantiate your travel expenses. To do so, you must keep, quote unquote, adequate records to determine, one, the amount of the expense, two, the time and place it was incurred, and three, the business purpose of the expense. To meet these three requirements, you must maintain an account book, diary, log, statement of expense, trip sheets or similar record, and documentary evidence such as receipts, paid bills, or similar evidence. So basically keep track of all your expensive expenses, keep your receipts, make sure you log down, you know, for example, I remember um, being told at conferences, or if you're going on like a seminar at sea, or you have a conference that's on a cruise ship, you need to log down a certain amount of time of business related things. So it doesn't look like you just paid for a one week cruise and then wrote it off as a business expense. You have to document and record the business sides of whatever trip that you're taking that you're trying to write off. So like if you're Um, on a seminar at sea, you could keep in your log when you went to the actual seminar portions of the educational Like you have a schedule. Yeah, exactly. Like sessions from like 830 to 1130 and then a session in the afternoon so that it shows that you're actually there for business purposes and not just there on vacation. Because I know it's so easy for people to take advantage of that. You know, in Schitt's Creek, David's like, you just write it off. Who writes it off? I don't know, the write-off people. (laughs) So (laughs) that, I always think about that scene. So on top of this, um, one thing to keep in mind is if your travel expenses are high in relation to your income as an advisor, and if the latter is low, you run the risk of having all the expenses classified as non-deductible hobby losses. So you need to make sure that you earn a good deal more than you spend on travel. That's some juicy, excellent information right there. 
Yeah. And it will be linked in the show notes per usual. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll go back to some more destination information. I've got an article here from Travel Age West called Three New or Renovated Hotels in Sedona for Active Clients. You know how much I enjoy planning domestic travel, but it's my favorite. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I do think Sedona is such a cool place, and I do see a lot of inquiries and even people on the Journeys team working on these types of trips. So I thought it'd be interesting to know about these properties. Um, noted as one of the most spectacular Red Rock locations in the United States, Sedona feels like a mini national park thanks to its vast array of hiking and mountain biking trails winding amongst the stunning formations. It's just a 90-minute drive from Phoenix and offers panoramic views and excursions from all points. I think Sedona is like one of those great girls weekend or just general weekend trips. could be romantic, could be spa. Um, It's just, I don't know what the right word is, but you get a lot of bang for your buck in terms of Mm -hmm. scenery and what's, what's available to do. So they say that Uptown and West Sedona are the two major sections that visitors usually visit. And over the past five years, they have the town or city has morphed into more of an all-weather playground rather than a winter snowbird escape. And the increased visitation has led to new property openings, while others are in the process of renovating or enhancing their wellness and excursion offerings. So the first one that they highlight is Amara Resort and Spa in Uptown Sedona, set back from the main street along the banks of Oak Creek Canyon. It seems miles away from the busy beehive of activity in Uptown Sedona, but is in a great location. It's 100 rooms, and they just completed a multi-million dollar renovation in 2021, including all guest rooms, public spaces, an infinity pool and hot tub, fire pit gathering spaces, and the signature restaurant, Salt Rock Southwest Kitchen. And then, of course, the spa. So, And that's an award-winning spa at Amara. Uh, They have complimentary mountain bikes for checking out. And uh, they also have CBD-enhanced spa treatments for when they get back from their long ride or they can lounge in the pool facing Snoopy Rock and Cleopatra Red Rock Formation. The next one is Wild, the Wild Resort and Spa Wild has an E on it. That is in West Sedona. And it says recreation and rejuvenation. That's what Sedona's newest hotel property emphasizes to guests who stay at the 105-room boutique hotel and spa. It's set at the base of Thunder Mountain, offers a breathtaking vista of the famous Red Rock Formation. Clients attending meetings will be pleased to discover 5,640 square feet of combined indoor and outdoor meeting and event space including a rooftop area to enjoy the scenery. So great for groups and meetings and incentives, it sounds like. Uh, There's easy access to trailheads and also the Wild Haven Spa. They even have a healing garden and a walking labyrinth. Is the Wild Um, Haven Spa, does the wild have an E at the end too? It does. It does Okay, great. That's that's, to stay consistent with your branding. Yes. And then the last of the three is the Enchantment Resort. It is um, 70 acres within Boynton Canyon. And in the past few years, it's undergone a variety of renovations and new additions, including a contemporary Southwestern redesign at the 218 casita-style guest rooms and suites. 
more bikes in the pictures here. Biking must be really big there. Uh, also, they have a fantastic spa and they have their newest arrival on property is the Trail House, which is the resort's adventure and activity center, assisting mm. guests with outdoor hiking and biking adventures. It says, as more clients discover the fun of outdoor activities, which is a hot trend, the opening of the Trail House could not come at a better time. There are 28 expert advisors who specialize in creating guided or self-guided hiking, mountain biking, or an e-bike experience. That's the one for me. Geared toward the ability level and interest of the client. Plus, to keep kids involved in the outdoor fun, a new Little Shredders mountain bike camp is offered twice a week for Little Shredders. <laughs> for kids aged 8 to 15. So if you have people looking at Sedona or if you often get that request, you might want to go check out the article linked in the notes and make note of these three properties. Mm. Those all sound wonderful, especially the wild one with an E. Mm -hmm. that, that one really got me, as you could tell. The E really sets tell. it off. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I'm thinking beautiful views, stargazing, and spa. I could definitely get into it. Yeah, same. Same. What do you have next? I've already done all my articles. Oh, okay. Then I'm just going to quickly run through this last one. Another one from Travel Age West called What's New? Another Caribbean. one. <laughs> Another. DJ Khaled. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's What's New Caribbean Wellness Resorts. So another big trend is wellness travel. And... They say to de-stress after a difficult lockdown, travelers will increasingly flock to the Caribbean with the intent to rest and rejuvenate. And not just in the immediate future, researchers estimate that the global wellness tourism market could see an annual growth rate of 7.2% by 2030, making it one of the fastest growing sectors of the travel market. So it has a few properties listed here. One is the Aurora Anguilla Resort and Golf Club. Another one is Club Med, Misha's Playa Esmeralda, which is in the Dominican Republic. Then Grand Hyatt Baja Mar, which is in Nassau. Rock House Turks and Caicos, which is in Turks and Caicos. <laughs> um, so I won't go through each one, but if you're interested in any of those areas for wellness, because a lot of the wellness stuff you see is like St. Lucia, Lots of Mexico, Costa Rica, stuff like that. So I like that they were highlighting some properties in a few mm -hmm. different areas. So go check out that. That will be linked in the show notes as well. But I thought it was an interesting topic. Yeah. And I just, you know, the um, the resort in Cancun, it's called Palmaya. It's one mm -hmm. of the newer ones. And it's like vegan and wellness mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I never thought I would have clients who would go there. Um but it's boutique and I actually did book clients there for baby moon because when the, when the wife was like, my husband's vegan, I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm like, Oh wait, Palmaya, because her doctor gave the okay for her to go to Cancun. Mm -hmm. And so they're headed there in less than a week. And I just wanted to do like a shout out to a VIP, like VA Pariso. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've ever used this service. And Lori Gold's the one who um, founded that company. And they basically deliver like gifts to your resort. Like you can purchase gifts for your clients and they'll deliver it to the resort, whether that is, um, you know, tequila or these hand blown glass 
shot glasses or, you know, anything. We have pool floaties and all that stuff. So I reached out to them because I wanted to put a little package together for, for the couple because it's their baby moon. And the uh, the wife, she reached out to me about a week and a half ago. She's like, hey, do you know if Palmaya has a pregnancy pillow? We just spent a couple of nights at Disney and I realized that I cannot sleep without a pregnancy pillow. And these pillows are huge. Like they yeah. wrap all around your body. Yep. So I'm like, I don't know. Let me reach out. And... Palmaya, they said they didn't have any pregnancy pillows. I mean, that was a stretch for any yeah, resort sure. to have something like that. So I, so when I was filling out the form for VA Pariso, um, I asked them like, hey, can you source a pregnancy pillow? And they sourced like two pregnancy pillows. Like they were able to like find these pillows that are so specific. Yeah. And, you know, at least the wife decided to just, do a check-in bag and bring her own. Like that's how much she wanted her own pillow to get some sleep. But that was amazing. And so like, it makes me feel good knowing that if my clients ever needed something specific in Cancun, like I had someone to reach out to, to just look for it. You know, you might not be able to find it, but at least I can look for it. Well, Lori is just a gem all around. She runs the resorts of the Riviera Maya Facebook page, which is a gold mine. She also does master classes, uh, explore more Mexico. I think they're called. She does master classes on hotels, just specific areas. She did one on excursions, and then she also has VI Paraiso, and so just a real handy lady to know in general. She is an expert. You know how we were talking about experts. Yes. She is yes. an expert. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Well, tell me, Teresa, what destination has been on your mind lately? Well, very recently, Portugal, because I might be going there next week <gasps> on a fam. Exciting. And that was just uh, established yesterday. So it's very last minute. And it's funny whenever people ask me after I come back from a trip, like, where are you going next? I always say, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know, because sometimes things are very last minute. And mm-hmm. case in point this. So I've just been thinking a lot about it. And Portugal was the place I was supposed to go to at the end of March of 2020. Uh, So I didn't get to go. And when I tell you the level of disappointment that I had for not being able to go to Portugal, it was because I had been looking forward to those egg pastries. Yes. The egg tart pastries. I don't even know what they're called, but I remember going to like a travel agent forum or something and then sitting in on a webinar that was given by a Portugal DMC and they had like three slides on Portuguese pastries. Mm -hmm. And that was one of them. And I saw that and I'm like, I want it. So like I was gunning for that pastry at the end of March and then it was canceled. And if you know me well, you know, like I'm so disappointed when food gets canceled. (laughs) Like my friends know if you're going to cancel plans on me, it better not involve food because I will be, really upset. (laughs) (laughs) So I am so looking forward to trying that. So fingers crossed, everything goes smoothly and I will get my egg pastry. What about you? I had the pleasure of having one of those at a Portuguese bakery in Provincetown, Massachusetts. It seemed pretty legit. Uh, but I certainly would love to try one in Portugal, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And also, I think they have a an alcoholic beverage there. It may be called Ponche. Um, I saw it on the Real Housewives of Potomac, and it looks delicious. And like you could get pretty loose on it. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> for me, the destination I've been thinking about a lot just keeps popping up for me is Malta. Mm, um, Malta. That show, Restaurants on the Edge, did an episode yes. there, and I've been obsessed. And then it just keeps popping up in, in cruise itineraries or in YouTube videos. And I really just need to get there. It just looks like magic. Yeah. Like the, like the water's edge where they have those boats and it's like a little bay area yeah. and it's like tables set up outside. It looked so beautiful. And that episode of Wrestles on the Edge was amazing. That was what sucked me into that show. Mm -hmm. And the way they showcased Malta. I just love the way they showcase the destinations in their show. Yes, it's not just surface things. They go really deep into unique aspects of the destination. Like in Malta, they went to like a sea salt harvesting yeah. place. And that was mind blowing to me. I'm like, oh, this is how they do sea salt. And they really dig deep into the cuisine and what inspires it. And I just, yeah, yeah. And the history of the cuisine and really trying to get a good feel for what is authentic to that destination. Yep. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. So um, I was going to ask you what you're loving right now. Well, I am loving getting together with other TAs in person. So you and I were on the apex together. It was like a big reunion. It just felt so good mm -hmm. to see everyone, to squeeze everyone to just, I don't even feel like we talked that much shop. We had a little shop talk, but we were just so happy to be together <laughs> and feel yeah. that energy. Yeah. And then I've gotten to spend now two uh, weekends basically with Whitney Schindler from Masters in Travel, but also Undiscovered Sunsets is her travel company, working on things for TAs and just like, just like I said, the energy that's in it. And then her community, she's setting up a retreat. Now I'm really looking forward to that. Again, just that, first of all, what we learned being together was what we could accomplish in just a few hours. I think if you gave her and I a week, we would solve everything in the world. Um, it's just <laughs> incredible when you get together and you're sharing ideas and just that in-person energy. And now you're going to be out at TPI rocks. So you're going to yep. be soaking yeah. up a lot of that. Yes. Um, I'm definitely going to be looking for more opportunities for that in-person connection mm -hmm. because it just feels amazing. Yeah. Completely different than doing things virtually. Yes. I mean, thank goodness for virtual options. It does get mm -hmm. to connect us on a much better level than, say, emails and phone calls. But right. it just is not the same as like uninterrupted in-person interaction. Right. So good. Yep. Agreed. What about you? So I was really thinking on this, and I feel like it changes from day to day, but for the most part, I'm really loving feeling hopeful and excited mm -hmm. for the upcoming year, the upcoming years. Um, and I know last year was really tough because we really didn't know which direction we were going in and whether or not we'd be on the road to recovery and how long that was going to take. But I feel like right now, 
in spite of, you know, new variants coming out, I feel like we have in general, a good feel for knowing that we're going in the right direction. Even though we might have some setbacks here and there, we're moving in the right direction. And, you know, while I'm feeling hopeful and excited, like I'm also feeling thankful and grateful for the experiences that we had to make us stronger Mm -hmm. and for the challenges that we've really had to face within the past 19, 20 months, because it really made us stronger in the industry so that we know that we can really deal with anything new that comes our way moving forward. And that is why I'm just hopeful. Like in general, I'm hopeful. Sure. There are off days where I'm like, everything sucks, but we're all moving in the right direction and just seeing the industry come together, just seeing the industry events, just being able to travel again. Like we're really feeling that and I can feel it amongst other travel advisors, other suppliers and BDMs as well. And it, it, in spite of everything, like I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I agree. I, so I was, because I put together a digital planner, there's these weekly journal prompts and I've been brainstorming different prompts and doing them myself and they feel really good. And one of my favorites is I now know that I can handle blank even in the face of blank and being able to really articulate that to myself. I am now equipped to do the following things, even during a pandemic, even when that, you know, what hits the fan, like, Right. Just acknowledging to myself in writing what I'm capable of now that I've been through this experience is telling. Just proving to ourselves how strong we are for making it through something that was incredibly crazy. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. It was devastating. It was just unpredictable. Um, you know, it drove a lot of us to drink, but it also drove a lot of us to, <laughs> to like grow out of that and know that, hey, we can handle this. And we're still here because we handled it and we can continue to handle things. So I'm badass. very much looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <sighs> I think 2022 is definitely going to be the year of the TA. Just saying. Yep. I completely agree with that. And I am not afraid to tell, to say that, you know, when you get new leads, when you get new inquiries, if someone's not willing to work with you because they don't want to pay your fee, then you can just say, bye. Uh, you're the one who called me. Okay. Like I didn't call you, you called me. So you're the one who needs me. And if you don't want to pay my fee and work with me, then bye, go somewhere else. And I can say that now because I know what I bring to the table. I know what I faced. Yeah. And I, you know, good luck to you. Okay. Like good luck to you if you don't want to pay my fee. Well, and you know what it, what it takes right now to plan and execute a trip and smoothly. So it's, it's a lot more work than it used to be. Mm -hmm. So I'm injecting all this confidence onto you guys who are listening Yeah. They called you. You Mm -hmm. didn't call them. They called you. And if they say, you know, I talked to other travel agents, they gave me sample itineraries, just know they called you. They weren't happy with what they were getting. And I don't even know if that was a true thing. They may have Googled everything. They called you. So. I think Teresa needs a TED talk. (laughs) 
thank you for coming to my TED talk. This is it. (laughs) Well, thank you everyone for sticking with us until the end. We hope this episode has been informative, fun, confidence building. All the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to go and delete those travel news emails I've been hoarding for the past month. Yep. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments or just want to say hello, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at thetinlounge.com. Thanks again for joining us in the Tin Lounge, where you can learn a lot in a short amount of time. Bye. Bye. Like we do it.